We are rolling. We are live as Paper Tuesdays. Hello and welcome. Good afternoon. Good evening. Yes, hello there. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to see what's going on in the Paper Tuesdays world. Mm. Um, right, Mark. Right, Mark. Right. Okay. Um, I've been thinking all, so I like to get into the space of the podcast a few mm. hours beforehand. And other people call that doing their homework late. Yes. And I call it chewing on what is it in the world that I can bring today. So I thought I was going down different avenues and I've decided that I'm going to share a personal experience that okay. I had during the past week. Okay. So, Mark, for the past few months, mm. my hands have been in bits. Okay. And my eczema has flared up dramatically. Paper chooses. Uh, YouTube guests now can see can the see. eczema. It's quite flared up. Very bad. Yeah. Very bad. Can be related to stress. It actually it definitely did was triggered through stress. Okay. Of the of uh, the house building. However, uh, now. If you ask my fiance Ashen, she would say that I just need to apply cream more regularly. Mm, yes. I disagree with this approach. I don't. I, I look. I do a bit of the cream, but I just believe that. I don't believe that the skin on the surface, on the outer surface, can be so influenced when it has to come from within. Okay. So I have been searching long and hard for solutions to come from within. Okay. okay. Have you ever had a skin ailment? Yeah, I had not eczema. What's the other thing? Psoriasis. Ah. That was stress induced as well. It can be indeed. Yes. Tried to fix it through diet. It wasn't. Tried all these different diets to fix it. It didn't. It just I eventually whatever was stressing me out subsided. Oh. Uh, and well, then I just need to get into the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Mark, I, I tried to exhaust new options, and um, I fasted uh, from water and food. Um, Wait, you had no water. I had no water and I had no food from Monday lunchtime okay. until Thursday lunchtime. Jesus Christ, Michael. Three days. Without water? Yeah. Michael, <laughs> food I can get behind. So, back. let me tell you about the science. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Okay. <laughs> let me tell you about the science, Mark. For the third day, you go into ketosis. Yeah. And uh, because, so basically, since it's a dry fast, the it is accelerated. Okay. Now, my hands have not significantly improved since the dry fast, so maybe they magically improve in a few days' time. But my goodness, I never knew um, the internal experience of fasting is uh, an incredible one. Okay, right. Take me through it. So I'm, there's this Telegram channel that I'm part of and there's this lad and he's always saying about fasting and stuff. And mm. one, of the, one of the lads in the group said how you feel your soul more by the end of it. Okay. And I thought it was just a tokenistic expression. I, I understood what he meant by the end of it. Okay. Because it's like you have, you've given up, your digestive system is closed down. You, you, and in, so, in turn, like you're left totally with yourself. And yeah, I definitely could sense that more and more. And I've been waking up with these vivid, vivid um, thought expressions of what I need to do. And like, it's very, very deep. So I'm tuning into that more and more. And I love that. Okay. Spring gives me life. Um, so I was wondering, Mark. So first of all, yes. Yeah, so I was going to talk about fasting. But to be honest, this is more about internal machinations that like machinations is a lovely word too that internal mashed well, potatoes mashed potatoes which you didn't have on your fast you had no, no. internal mashed potatoes 
<laughs> but these internal mashed potatoes are the are the workings of what goes on inside us to produce the external. Mm. And I'm of a firm believer that everything comes from the inside, that it's our it's our thoughts, our creator actions, blah, blah, blah. and we've, we've discussed it before, obviously at late, great length, because this is what we both tune into and what, what we both express in different ways. You, through your work as a personal trainer, me, through my, um, my philosophical musings. Mm. Um, so, from your experience as a personal trainer, Mark, can you think of examples where the internal has resulted in a very external result? For a client? For a client, for you, for someone that you've seen. And like, obviously, David Goggins doesn't get to where he is without that internal trigger, that internal decision within his head that he is going to be a hard motherfucker. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. It's all internal, isn't it? Like it's all um, self-defeatism is kind of when you go back and you go off your diet or whatever and then you can fuck it off. And it is, most of the results do come from your diet and your training is obviously going to be, it's going to add extra calories out or whatever, but most of it comes from just your self-control, your willingness to restrict yourself from eating, not entirely as you did, but at, to a degree, like there's a lot of self-talk that has to come with that. Like there is the emotional eating response is it comes on fast it's not like a slow hunger that builds and then you feel it really quickly and intensely and you would think oh, i'm starving i need to get rid of this and the food is a distraction from that so it's that cue trigger reward now you can't change the cue and you can't change the trigger but you can change the reward so instead of going okay i have this feeling now i'm stressed or i'm anxious the trigger is sorry the cue is the thing that makes you stressed or anxious the trigger is the emotion that comes up in you and then the result would be going in comfort eating, eating a pack of Pringles or something. Whereas you can change the reward. So instead of using Pringles to overcome that trigger, you can go for a walk, you can focus on your breath, let it pass and subside. So mm. that's the emotional part of it you have to overcome when you're changing your health and your fitness. So mm. that's where the mental journey of it comes from. And a lot of people can discount that. And I have in the past as well to just say, oh sure, you just go in a calorie deficit and it's that simple. And personal trainers just tell you, it's the simplest calorie deficit, you just do that, that's it. And then people are like, well, why can't I fucking do it then? Why is it so hard? It's like, there's a, a, emotional things you need to overcome within yourself first. Mm. Overcome. I, I think that's a, it might be a stoic word, but for me, in my head, when I think about it, I, I'm not sure if I fully agree with the word overcome because, uh, but like, like it's, it's probably, um, What's the word when it's it's probably what's the word when it absolutely probably doesn't matter, but anyway. Go on. It probably doesn't matter. But um something that strikes me about um about diet and stuff is that sometimes people is overeating because they don't feel whole. And when I mean whole, that they don't feel fully themselves, that they feel like they have to input something else to to get that feel feeling of say say satiation. It's literally or, filling the void. Mm. yeah and that's that strikes a deep chord with me because i to be honest i think i i probably went through that and i think that's i i probably was overeating like when i was younger or whatever mm. and um it's only in resonating with that that i can see that like yes it might be overcoming but i i think it more uh, something that's more in tune with me is letting go and I think that through the last week I've seen as well the benefits of letting going, letting go and growing as a result. That these are, it's almost like a catch-22, like how can you let go and something grow? 
but it's it's the two are seem contradictory but they're two forces that work in tandem together i feel is it acceptance acceptance is massive so is acceptance the same as letting go yeah so if you can accept that yeah. it can be allowed to grow once it's accepted and there there you have it accept the outcome i think yeah accept the outcome because and then if you're accepting the outcome it's almost it's a form of overcoming it's just that it, otherwise overcoming has this sense of it's a it's a it's a mission or it's a, yeah. it's a battle yeah yeah and i don't think we're designed to yes there is a battle that we all go through i believe that we're, we're fighting a battle good evil every day but um how we defeat that isn't true but it can be true with david goggins type mindset but a, a more healthier version in myself is tuning into yourself and and letting go and surrendering carl Jung said that the key to anything is to accept everything mm. and see with self-help and stuff mark i believe that it's it's a very um it's like pick and mix uh for what you want to do with life yeah. it's like oh yeah i want that i want that i want to manifest i want to do this yeah but i don't want to accept my third cousin who has his views that really differ from me or i don't want to agree with the woman down the street because i think she's a lunatic yeah. like it's it's we 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 create these barriers within ourselves and we can't then accept the whole yeah um so yeah i think that i i i would never have really tuned into energy i would have dismissed it as it's only for reiki healers or whatever but i'm start, starting to understand that since maybe our barry stuff and all that we're all respondent energy and in my head anyway there's a massive change in energy over the last few months there's just something like france at the moment mark is just there's they're storming buildings there's what oh france now france is france is having a, a right crack of everything let me have a look now and find the french revolution for you the t- of today um but like buildings on fire and protests and um so while you're doing that michael yeah i just thought there i have no um no relationship with the news obviously as we've discussed mm. and big new big news in my world yesterday was there was a pile of stones across the road from the 64 in a bag and there was cones around the bag of stones and they were taped off and i was like how is this what's going on here and then that was big news in my world <laughs> was the bag of stones across the road from the 64 not and i had no idea that france was on fire <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair enough yeah oh um this is uh, a TikTok of France at the moment. It looks like a, an army sort wow. of machine. This isn't what TikTok was made for. TikTok was made for funny dances, wasn't it? Funny dances. <laughs> and now it's dramatic music with that. Uh, Your with... phone smells great. How is that? It, it smells like aftershave. <laughs> Where is this? This like a H&M or something, is it? Yeah, yeah. The music is very tense. Okay, so I'll try to describe what's going on here. There's a man <laughs> that looks a bit like Shane with a mask on walking around with a camera there's a load of cars backed up loads of men with guns and stuff very tense music but not a whole lot happening uh, there's a fight breaking out here now of some description what are they hiding from michael i haven't clue. do you know what I... are these mercenaries no i don't think so are they missionaries I... <laughs> father brown. brown was he a missionary he was how did you know that okay he got kidnapped or something didn't he did he i, I never knew someone that someone i think someone might have made looting. that part up uh 
This is France there again. Wow. Uh, Fucking hell. That's a... It's building on fire anyway. A bomb, is it? Oh, I do. Who's doing this to France? Themselves. They're they're having rows. Uh, It's only yourselves you're cotton, lads. (laughs) What do you mean? It's their own country. You blow everything up, there's nothing left once you fucking (laughs) take it back. Absolutely stupid. Oh, you tell them that. Yeah. Shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... I just think the the old is crumbling and like we've all this I think of a new appreciation for a county Wexford and stuff and you know all the GA clubs are going through something similar this year with less numbers playing yeah and like yeah and I again I think that there's a deeper thing here that like lads aren't happier in their home place and they want to go travel and part of it is like yeah go travel sure why not sure we're in a multicultural or multi, you're able to get to Australia within a day or whatever. Like, yeah. sure, go do it, explore. Yeah. But then a little bit of me is like, well, do you need to go? Do you need to go? I maybe it's just everyone's built differently or whatever. But I, I am, I am happier not traveling. I think. And breed is the same. Really? Yeah, but I am the opposite. I like travel. I like to see new ex- new cultures. I like to experience that what we have here isn't the way that it is. Mm. This we are not one hundred percent correct about everything, mm. and neither is the other culture. Mm. It's just that's the way they do it there. It's different cultures, different lifestyles, and you see that the way what's expected of the the citizens of that country throughout their lives is different to what we expect of people here. So it's not, say, I don't know, even the way people interact with each other, like officials or like working in an office environment mm. in Australia, people would call each other cunt and stuff. And like, it wouldn't really happen here. No. I don't, maybe it does in your office. But <laughs> it, like, it's just, it's fun, I think, to see the, the, that. And it's eye-opening to see that where you live and what you've grown up with is not the way everyone else has grown up. Mm. And they're fine. And they're fine. So that breaks down some of the barriers that you think are restrictions placed on you growing up that are absolute truths. Yeah. And you see that the world is a bit more open and it's a bit more fluid. There's a bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to play exactly by the rules of your home state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's for me subjectively. And that you, you clearly don't need that. Breed doesn't need that. She doesn't want it. She doesn't crave it. I craved it. That's why I, I wanted to see different cultures. Yeah. And it worked for me. So it does work for some, some people hate traveling and they go do it because they feel like they should do it and they hate it and they come home broke and miserable. Mm. But if you're willing to take that risk, go and take it because how else are you going to know? Mm. So I, I would encourage travel. Mm. Yeah. Um, just to look back on last week's episode back, we, we poked a bear. Oh, who? The bear of the past. The bear of the past. Yeah. The bear of Christmas past. The bear, the, the bear candy. Yeah. Uh, no, a lot of people were, were, were really uh, taken by our uh, talk on the protest. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of figures messaged us. I don't, mm. Did you get back to any of them? No. no. Oh, well, I just posted a story and I was talking to a few people in person as well. Okay, yeah. It. So yeah. you were kind of like, you know, when a bad event happens, 
such good and never happened to anyone but you know when the the, the ter- councillors go in and they, they talk about so you you counselled the people I counseled that were the people, still yeah. yeah still affected by the the protests What's of those called? years ago I was on ground level or ground yeah foot patrol foot patrol yeah. <laughs> paper chooses foot patrol yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, there, there were some people saying that there were other factors involved. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I don't think that our podcast is the place to explore those other factors. But no. uh, but just as an editor's note to say that uh, our, our commentary of last week may have been affected by other factors of other other um, incidences. Extenuating factors, no, it is. Extenuating say. circumstances, yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. Uh, Mark, have you any games from memory that you'd like to bring up? I have no games from memory, but I did have a list of things I was proud of being Irish for. Oh, wow, right. So Ireland has won the Eurovision more times than any other country. <laughs> but in the last 14 years, we've only placed in the top 10 once. Top 10, right, okay. And you're proud of all proud of that? Proud of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Back when it was a proper institution, oh. we ran the show. And now it, oh. is, it is posturing and it is uh, patriarchal and it is <laughs> neonatal. No, what's the word? What's the word? What's <laughs> where you give it to neo Marxist? Yes, yes, neo Marxist communism. Neo <laughs> I have no time for the Eurovision anymore, but we won it when it was good. Ireland yeah. is also the only country that has a musical instrument as its national symbol. Oh, fair play, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And we yeah. have a harp. Yeah. What else? What else? What else? We invented Halloween. We did, yeah. Yeah. We did? Yeah. Yeah. No mention of it in all the American films? No. no. Noted. What else? What, what are else? you? Pr- what makes you proud of being Irish, Michael? Mm. Um, our our rapport, our rapport, worldwide rapport. You go into anywhere, and they might think you're drunk, mm. but it doesn't matter. Mm. They still look at you with a different glint in their eye because you're Irish. To counter that, oh, what yeah. about the signs about no blacks, no dogs, no Irish? In the past, in the past, but now they like us. Yeah, I think so too. Because we let them build their big fucking corporations here and tax them pennies. <laughs> yeah, but that's but they want to get their corporations back. Do they? America. Oh, oh Trump is them? over here and yeah. he said Trump was very funny when he was asked about it. He's like, I oh, know that's something that I'll, I'll deal with when I'm over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that here. Mm-hmm. I play golf here. <laughs> I talk tax there. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. Um, Yes, people do seem to like Irish people, particularly like you go to Canaries or anywhere like that, Tenerife or Lanzarote. They're like, oh, you're Irish, you'll come into my bar and all. It's like, oh, you better not be English. <laughs> That's what they'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the, the, you know, lucky, lucky men. Yeah. They would learn Irish and they'd oh. shout Irish words at you from the street yeah. and talk to, try to talk to you in Irish. Yeah, there's one uh, on TikTok there I've seen, like, if you tell him what county you're from, he'll go through a list, like, his memorized list. So, like, wow. I don't know if it's all counties, but, like, in Donegal, I've seen a video, and, like, they gave the family there, gave him Donegal, and he was naming all towns and villages around Donegal, like, and ah. it's, like, uh, kind of like a, you know, when you memorize, like, a song, like, it's just straight out, out off the bat, like, I wouldn't be able to do that with Oxford. No, but, like, I suppose, I think when you're Irish, you get more nuggets of, just great crack moments of great crack. I don't know why you're going to call them banter moments or something. With other nationalities. In general, In I general, think. Because okay. I think that's something that is... Um, you know that podcast that you sent me with John O'Donoghue? Yes. And uh, he mentions about Irish music. And Irish music is so uh, uh, illustrative. 
and yeah. that like even the happy songs have a sense of the sorrow that can be in life as well, and the upbeatness of the tune can even can even hint at we're, we're happy. Yeah, and sometimes life isn't happy. Uh, Willie Walia, you know that song. There was an old Please woman and she lived in the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You know that song? Yeah, you do. Well. Have you ever listened to the rest of the lyrics of no. that song? Uh, it's about fucking a woman murdering a baby. Right. Her child. Second, because we used to have this sang to us in primary school. And one day I was in the car and I was just singing it back to myself. And I was like, we learned that <laughs> in primary school. The Walia song lyrics. Alright, uh, there was an old woman and she lived in the woods. Awilia, awilia, walia. There was an old woman and she lived in the woods down by the river, saw her. She had a baby six months old. Awilia, awilia, walia. She had a baby six months old down by the river, saw yeah. It's Ritz Sawyer, but it's pronounced Sawyer. So, she had a penknife three foot long. Awilia, awilia, walia. She had a penknife three foot long down by the river, saw yeah. She stuck the penknife in the baby's heart. Awilia, awilia, wall, yeah. The more she stuck it, the more it bled down by the river, so, yeah. Three big knocks came knocking at the door. Awilia, awilia, wall, yeah. Three policemen and six more down by the river, so, yeah. Are you the woman who killed a child? Awilia, awilia, wall, yeah. Are you the woman who killed a child down by the river, so, yeah. Yes, I'm the woman who killed that child. Awilia, awilia, wall, yeah. Yes, I'm the woman who killed that child down by the river, so, yeah. The moral of the story is, will you, will you, will you, don't stick knives in babies' hearts down by the river, so yeah. Okay. We had that sang to us in fifth class. I didn't even know that was an Irish Did you song. Did like, Yeah. It was sang by the Dubliners, I think. That's, if you look ah, up on Spot right. or okay. what you call it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's also, so music and somehow it was connected to just Irishes in general that like, uh, do you remember when, or do you remember when you weren't there, Mark? Um... I was in the Gaeltacht in Kerry oh, yeah. and there were these two Tipperary lads I think I've told before and I don't know how but we were on the way back from study and they just burst into singing dancing at the crossroads <laughs> and these are two lads that have no connection with Wexford and they yeah. knew every word Damien Fitzhenry Jer Cush Sean Flood Rod Gain. and to hear them these Tipperary lads with their thick um, bailing accents you know thick farmers mm. coming out with these like Wexford ones it's like this is brilliant but I'll tell you another Irish thing Mark Halpin mm. I was meeting a live listener of the podcast Ben Egan shout out to Ben, ah, yes, ben uh, yesterday and uh, we were going down to a goring match and um, I, I rang him and I said Ben I'm going to be five minutes late because the most Irish thing has ever happened my third cousin that I never knew existed has just walked into my granny's kitchen from Australia wow <laughs> that is very <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy fixes airplanes. He's from Brisbane. So you've never met him? No, but he's third cousin or whatever. Has yeah. your had your granny met him? Uh, yeah, but years ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Had he an uh, an Australian accent? No, not really. But he had an Australian way Australian way of viewing the world, as you say, Mark Evan, because something was t there was a conversation started and someone's and uh, he, it was caught probably a little bit negative or something. He said, Now we're not gonna be negative, we're gonna be positive. I thought you have been out of this country, my friend. <laughs> yes. yes, you can take your positivity and take it back home with you. <laughs> but uh, maybe we all need a little bit of a paddy, just I don't know, in the back of a cupboard there. I'd say a paddy could be in there, though, that little corner behind you there. I used to think people lived in there. Oh, yeah, it's a bit eerie in there. Yeah, do you want to go in? Yeah. No, thank you. We can do it on the Patreon someday. <laughs> 
It's kind of like, do you remember when Bertie Hurd was in the cupboard? No. Oh, you have to. <laughs> the Edward <afternoon laughs> News. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not long after years, I was office, wasn't it? Something like that, but I think his line was, I never think I'll end up in here or something. <laughs> uh, Bertie Hurd advert. Um, yeah. Um, how did you get on with the submarine aftermath? Oh, so still uh, pressing matters. Pressing matters. It looks like a good vehicle, a good a good ship. So there's one single button they press and it brings them down to the Titanic. Oh, right. So it's like an elevator. You just so, press it and it goes down. And they have like a, a Nintendo Switch to drive it, to steer it. Yeah, but Mark, hmm. they're, they're dead like. They are not dead, Michael. Don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> If they find the Titanic, that will then open the door for the rest of us. That has been a lifelong dream of mine. Mark, Mark, find Mark. The Titanic. Yeah. A lifelong dream. Also, Sorry, John. there's more trouble brewing in Gangland, and I've got the inside story for you. Who's that lad? In the fridge. I Guess which footballer has been caught with his pants down again? to refresh your wardrobe. Never thought I'd end up here, but I've delayed us on today's big match. <laughs> Why is Bertie Hearn doing this more? <laughs> what was I saying, Michael? What were you saying? You were saying about the submarine, Mark, and I kind of distracted you with Bertie Hearn in the cupboard there. I've forgotten. You've forgotten? I've forgotten. I had something. Oh, I had a, a big, big question. I was going to blow the fucking doors wide open and the podcast was going what? to take off as a result, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll come back to you with your little crocs. Have you ever looked into coding? Uh, yeah, but I have other things to be doing. Coding is interesting. I read an article on it. <laughs> <laughs> and now I am going to be a coder. Okay. But I, I, fucking, I, sure, I had no fucking idea. Like, I can't even use Excel. But uh, do you know how computer language works? No. I don't either, but this is what I read. So, it's all ones and zeros. Right. Actually, the first computers were huge, right? So right. what's going on in your computer is little switches are flicking all the time to make it do stuff. Yeah. So it, it's all these portals and it's opening and closing different pathways so it will do different things based on your commands that you give it. And originally it was people opening and closing those switches on the massive computers, oh. the very first ones. Right. So then they were like, the computer scientists were like, this takes too much fucking time and effort to do. Mm -hmm. So we're going to create a language that will move them automatically. And that language Ooh. is specifically ones and zeros, but it would be one would be open and zero would be closed or the other way. So they would have to go open, close, open, close, open, close and all these different ones. But that was also very confusing and long to write the code that would flick the switches by itself. So mm. you would write that code would be zero one one zero zero one, and that specific one would open and close the switches in that sequence. That's amazing. But then that was obviously too long and too confusing. So they started writing another language on top of that mm. on top of the ones and zeros that would then type that into ones and zeros so that would create whatever you typed would translate that to the computer to ones and zeros mm. that would then move the switches so there's different layers to it mm. and then that was obviously became too confusing it was like you know all the brackets and dot dot do this it was a bit like the the things you put in excel the commands okay but then that also you can't keep doing that so then the manage to process it on top again and that's where you can type so when you type it will then become now i'm free to be correct correct me on this if i'm wrong i read this was an article i read but that will then translate to the one above the ones and zeros mm -hmm. so there's like four layers of language that goes and at the bottom of it all it's just little switches flicking on and off oh my gosh in the computer 
that's how that's what computer language or computer programming is. It's incredible, isn't it? It's very interesting. My goodness. And that's what makes everything come up. So like it's it's, it's interesting. You just type word. You're like I typed L and L came up. But it's like it goes through a whole series of languages for that L to come up on your screen after you press it. Yeah. I'm going off now. I'm going to launch this. Okay. Um, so that reminds me of Infinity Loops. That like this, everything spins off. Mm -hmm. So what they've done there in trying to make things quicker with the computer, it could actually lead to um, a, a chip in someone's brain. Because I think Neuralink is actually building on the same sort of coding yeah. in a long, long way leading to that. Yeah. So that's what they're looking at is eventually being able to turn on and off different neurons. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Open to correction, obviously, but mm. like just inferring how how would they be able to manipulate the human or manipulate the human mind or as it has been to open up new portals of in instant access through these chips? Mm. Mm. Maybe it's the neurons that flick on. What, what like what is Neuralink like? What is the purpose of it? Is it to, uh, is it like an infinity pill or limitless pill or is it? It's going to let you see screens like the Apple thing. See the Apple product that came out? With the goggles? Yeah. yeah. It has a screen in front of you. I think though this could like turn education on its head. I think that's the biggest thing that like, well, sure, why would you, you need download. to go to school if mm. you have it already? You can download it into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered infinity loops and like its effect and... No, is this like, I've never heard of it. Is it like, you know, the butterfly flapping it, the butterfly effect? Well, it's kind of like, it's the number eight, I think. It's, it's a, so it's a, a horizontal number eight. And now I haven't, I haven't looked into it, but you see people with tattoos of yes. the infinity loop. Yeah. So like, it's, uh, look, I haven't done a whole lot of research, but like, it's kind of like that everything just comes back together. And like, to me, when we look at the physics of the world, I like, the infinity loop has to be at the end of it. Like it's almost that like no matter what climate change emerges or whatever, that like it's all going to come back. It's all going to sort itself out. Like as you pointed before, we're here and the whole universe is there. Yeah. You know, we're a tiny speck in all everything that's going on. Yeah. And like I don't have the proof, but one of my philosophical uh understandings is that it's all part of this loop. Everything. Everything. And we're, it's like that phrase to bring a very religious dimension into it. Well, Ramdas has this phrase: "We all come from God, and unto God we shall return." Mm. It's like no matter what goes out, he comes back, and he goes out again, and he comes back. And like, it, it's a very, no matter how difficult life can be, it's a very, uh, it's a very calming effect when you think that no matter what is going on still going to settle yeah in a weird way yeah and in even oh, sorry yeah. to interrupt like just on your the, the climate change thing so that are you looking at that as see that could be you're you're looking at the world as the whole whereas climate change could end the world but it would still be the outer universe the infinity so the earth could end it doesn't mean the universe is going to end the earth could end yeah possibly i but think that's even, very high thinking yeah. i think that climate change in general like are we adding to are we cause are we polluting the world yes hmm. how do we unpollute the world we get rid of scotland 
says where all the litter is. Scotland, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I tell you what, there's not a hope in hell that they're going to get rid of the country that won the most Eurovisions. We are not. Paper Tuesday, signing off. God bless Johnny Logan. <laughs>